for this evening. The Lord has been working in my heart for about the last couple of weeks or so and uh, given me these thoughts in this chapter. In looking back, I did preach about the same chapter some years ago, but much of this will be different because I want to tailor it more to the situation that we're in, the times that we're living in. And so, if you want to turn with me, most of my reading will be out of Joshua, the third chapter. Joshua, chapter 3, and we'll begin with verse 1. And I'd like to read the whole chapter, and then we'll go through it as the Lord leads. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host, and they commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And Joshua spake unto the priests, saying, Take up the ark of the covenant, and pass over before the people. And they took up the ark of the covenant, and went before the people. And the Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And thou shalt command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from among you the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Hivites and the Perizzites and the Girgashites and the Amorites and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passeth over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men out of the tribes of Israel, out of every tribe, amen. And it shall come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon an heap. And it came to pass when the people removed from their tents to pass over Jordan and the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant before the people. And as they that bear the Ark were come unto Jordan, and the feet of the priests that bear the Ark were dipped in the brim of the water, 
for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest, that the waters which came down from above stood and rose upon a heap very far from the city Adam that is beside Zeritan. And those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea, failed and were cut off. And the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan. And all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. If you're like me, when we travel to somewhere new, a new country, a new city, a new neighborhood, a lot of times we need instructions. We need to have directions because we haven't been there before. And here, the main message that I want to draw out of this is that we have not been this way before. For ye have not passed this way heretofore, it says in verse 4. We're living in very interesting times. The Israelites, they were 400 years in captivity. 40 years they wandered in the desert due to their sin. And then they finally now were at Jordan. They had come down. Moses had passed away. Only the younger generation were left, except for Joshua and Caleb. And in the chapter before, we know it well, most of us. We know that he sent out two spies to see what was laying ahead. And their report was about Rahab and how the people feared. It says their hearts melted. That's how afraid they were. And why they were afraid is simply because they had heard. It says in the previous chapter, We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what ye did unto the two kings of the Amorites. Our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. That was the report the two spies received. And so they came back, finally, after they escaped, and some time had passed hiding out, so the men were back in Jericho. They came out, came back, and gave a report. It says the two men returned down the mountain, came to Joshua, told him all things that had happened to them, and said, truly the Lord has delivered into our hands all the land, for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. Faith. Faith, because they saw how God worked. They saw what had happened before. And they had come through. And they were still had been fed and were being fed by the manna that came every day that God provided. And so... We notice a few things here. Right away in the first verse, what happened was they gave the report to Joshua, 
And it says Joshua rose early in the morning. And they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they passed over. Now, it's interesting to note, and we can compare and apply this to ourselves, that when Joshua got the report, when Joshua had been given marching orders all along and had been encouraged in the first chapter to be courageous, to not, you know, be afraid because God would not fail him or forsake him, be strong and be of good courage. And it wasn't because we know anything about Joshua being a weightlifter, a, a, a strong man, a big man, but he was strong in the Lord. His faith was strong. And here we see that exercised. He didn't wait. He didn't look around for things. Right away, he says he rose up early in the morning and they moved their camp to go over. And they came to Jordan. Now, we do not know, and I don't believe, that he got specific orders after that. That he was let in on the plan beyond that. Because God had a way of revealing himself step by step, as he does with us. We need to understand that a lot of times we need to have the faith. And faith sometimes requires us waiting. Sometimes a little day, maybe a day, maybe a few hours, a week or two. Sometimes we may wait for a long time till we see how God wants us to go further, to see what God wants us to, to, to do as the next step of faith. But we need to be careful that we don't just sit around waiting for something massive to happen, but we need to be in tune with God. Our faith needs to be focused on God. You know, in life, we have learned more and more the lines that we have to wait in. There are lines to get into stores. There are lines to get things. There's lines all over the place now, and it's only just begun. I'm sure that will continue over the next few months as this whole thing unravels. Signs, a lot of times, if there's a traffic jam, there's a big electronic sign on the 401 that says, expect delays. We haven't got a choice. If the cars bunch up in front of us, we need to slow down and we need to sit there if that's what it takes. So we need to obey the signs. And here, here, Joshua didn't know the whole plan, but in faith, he moved this huge multitude of people, one, two million, depending on, on the numbers that, that we want to use. But it was a massive number of people. And it would have taken a few hours or a day. It wasn't far. It was only a, a maybe 10, 15 kilometers. But they moved and they camped a little ways from Jordan. They could see the Jordan. Now here, what's interesting is how their faith was exercised. And perhaps you and I can identify with that. Here, they were coming to Jordan before they pass over it. And it says they were there for three days. It came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. 
My question is, why three days? Why didn't God just come and say, tomorrow morning you're going to go across? Because what they looked at was frightening. What they looked at was a little river, and I still remember when we crossed the part of Jordan that was, you know, not much more than our aisle here from what I remember. But here, the river was deep in places. There was bushes that were very harmful if you would walk across them at the edges. They were covered by water. There was rocks. It, we read here in verse 15 that the Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. Why not wait? Why was the timing such that this was when this was going to happen? Because now the people are sitting on this hillside and they are looking down and they see a river that is wide, very, very wide. And it's raging because all the waters are coming down. And now what are they going to do? Imagine you and I sitting there on the hillside or standing and looking down and seeing this massive body of water ripping by us. Who knows what it took along with it. And for three days, we had to look at this. What would that do to your faith and mine? To look at a situation that looked very difficult and probably hopeless and maybe foolish to some of them. And here, they sat for three days until until instructions were given. Until, until instructions were given. And so, faith is going to come up a lot tonight because faith encompasses so many things. It's made plain to us that faith, without faith, we cannot please God. We need to trust. We need to believe. God isn't going to give us all kinds of things and do all sorts of things for us if we don't believe in him, if we don't believe he can do it. And here, Joshua trusted God implicitly. Faith may require waiting. Now here, he goes on and we see that after three days, only then, the plan starts being unveiled. Faith understands God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. Would there be a bridge? Would there be barges? Would they wait? They didn't know. They just saw the impossible sitting before them. And here, when we see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Now notice, it didn't tell them what would happen. This plan was being unveiled bit by bit. And I wonder how many of them wondered, how many of them doubted, how many of them thought, what, how can this be? How can we go up to this river? Then what? They hadn't seen why. They hadn't seen how. 
but they were about to see God at work. They were about to see God at work. They were also about to see Joshua being glorified and being uplifted by the Lord God. He had promised him that. The Lord said to Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify thee in the sight of all Israel, that they may know that, as I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. Here, they were given commandments to go after it. How often have we been asked by the Word, by the Spirit, by someone else, by a brother or sister, a friend, a family member, to help in some way, to do something. There's a need somewhere. Great need, small need, doesn't matter. There's a need for you or me to do something, to say something, to help in some way. He simply says, go and do. Go after it. He didn't say any other circumstances. He didn't explain anything else. They said, go after it. And what they did is the Ark of the Covenant would eventually be carried. They took up the Ark of the Covenant, it says in verse 6, and went before the people. Because that was the instruction that God, that God had given them that Joshua had given them. So now we have the ark signifying God, having his commandments as well as other things in there that, that would remind them of God's greatness and what God had done for them. This would now be in front. But first they were, they were told, go after it. This is what's going to happen. Follow. But, But, we need to stay back. It says, there will be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. That's close to a kilometer. 900 meters to a kilometer, roughly. Depending, again, on which dimensions we use, because they vary a little bit. But it doesn't matter. They were far away back. Why? There was... A million plus people. In order for them to see the ark, they had to stay on the hillsides. They had to stay back so that they could see the way the ark moved. So they would see the direction that the ark went in. And for us, that simply means we need to make sure that God is in front of us. Beside us isn't bad. But if we're going to follow, we need God in front of us. Too often, we like to run in front. Too often, we like to take the lead. Too often, we say, I can do this. I can handle this. No, we can't. Not without God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, the Bible says. We need to understand that God's thoughts and God's ways are not our ways. Faith means taking God's hand and looking to him. 
taking God's hand and letting him lead. Take the lead and lead us the right way that he wants us to go, the right path. That's why it says in in verse 4, you haven't been this way before. You haven't been here before. Brothers and sisters, we haven't been here before. The times that we're going through, the words that we're hearing, the situations that are playing out, the frustrations I've been hearing from some people, and others are very content to obey the rules and do exactly as they're told. It's created all sorts of impressions in our heart. It's caused different reactions from us. We haven't been here before. Many people don't know how to react. We have people in our congregation that have been in jail for years, in concentration camps for years, that have suffered hunger, that have suffered persecution and many other things. But they've never seen anything like this. We've never seen anything like this. The government shutting down things. The government locking down things. And we are expected to obey the government. So we obey as much as we can, as much as doesn't contravene the the word that we have in front of us. We need to be obedient. We don't know what God has planned. God is definitely in control. God definitely knows and sees all. And if he would not allow it, they could not do it. Jesus said that to those that accused him. If God didn't give you the power, if it wasn't given to you, you couldn't do anything to me. Teach me, O Lord, thy holy way. That's the song that came to my mind. Teach me, O Lord, thy holy way, and give me an obedient mind that in thy service I may find my soul's delight from day to day. That that has often been in my mind and often I realize how far short I come of that expectation. And God has to teach me again. And I need to take his hand again. And he needs to lead me again. Teach me, O Lord, your holy way. We're living in a time of confusion. But God isn't confused. If our faith is in God, we know that no matter what happens around us, no matter what restrictions are or are not in place, no matter what new terms we need to learn and new things we may have to do, we know that God is in control. Faith is so important. But then an interesting thing here, as they are ready, they have come to the Jordan, 
And here, the word comes to them. Joshua said unto the people in verse 5, Sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And so, the sanctification process, Brother Ben preached recently about holiness, but sanctification is the setting aside of our heart for God and putting God in our hearts and letting him reign, have free reign there, so that it isn't us, but rather God that motivates us in the things we do and say. In Corinthians, it says, examine yourselves. And that's something that we've heard many times from this pulpit and others. But really, let me ask you a point-blank question. How often do you and I really examine ourselves? How often do we go to God and say, Lord, look in here. What do you see? What needs to change? What do I need to lay aside? What sin that is weighing me down do I need to get rid of? Faith is necessary to set ourselves apart for God. Apart for God and apart from the world. We are not to love the world, we're told in the epistle of John. Love not the world or the things that are in it. And yet, how often do we go along with the world? When the world was running along and depleting all the shelves of toilet paper, was there some among us that thought, we better get some too before it's gone? When other people were hoarding all kinds of things, were we hoarding it too? Were we following the crowd? Or were we saying, I trust God. God will provide. No matter what comes, he will provide. Even if all the food is gone, and now we hear of meat shortages and other things, God will provide food for us. He will not leave us alone. We need faith to set ourselves apart for God and need to sanctify yourselves. We need to examine ourselves. Because they had to do that. Why? Because tomorrow the Lord was going to show his mighty power to them. And so Joshua gave the priests the green light to take the ark, and they went before the people. And then we see God's presence with him and with these people. It says, The Lord said unto Joshua, This day will I begin to magnify you in all the sight of Israel, that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And you will command the priests that bear the ark of the covenant, saying, When ye are come, to the brink of the water of Jordan, ye shall stand still in Jordan. 
not the first time, not the first time that we have heard this command to stand still. Now that's a strange time to stand still, but God could not work what he needed and wanted to work in them until these priests went and put their feet in the edge of the water. As they went, and as we think about what they were looking at and what they were facing, Joshua said to the children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. The importance of the word of God. That is how our faith grows. By hearing and by reading this word and believing this word. Faith in God means he's with us. He will teach us out of his word. He will be with us in our lives. He will lead and guide and direct us as we need. Here, I don't know what was going through the mind of these priests. They weren't told much. They simply said, go ahead and plant your feet in the water. And then Joshua starts explaining what had been given to him by God. Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Come tonight, hear the words of the Lord your God. Joshua said, Hereby, by this, you will know that the living God is among you and that he will drive without fail, that he will, will without fail rather, drive out from before you all these other nations, all these other groups. Behold the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth. He isn't just our God. He is God of all the earth. It says the the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. Take you twelve tribes, take you one rather out of every all the twelve tribes, and it will come to pass as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan. And notice here how he reemphasizes the important things. He didn't just say, you know, that the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, he specified the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon a heap. You imagine this raging river dry up, dry up. It had to dry up because... Even the bottom couldn't be wet, otherwise you couldn't walk across it. Men, women, children, babies, livestock, all they had with them had to go across this. And we see an exhibition of faith here because as this happened, you can imagine. Now, it was upstream a ways. I don't know if they saw the waters, the wall of water standing there, but they could certainly see the effect of this before them. 
But they were promised that the water would be cut off. And downstream, no water in the Jordan. Probably all the way down to the Dead Sea. And so here we uh, see the fact that as they cross, even though it overflowed its banks, even though these things happened, one, these priests stood. They stood in that water. They stepped in that water and stayed there holding the ark. We don't know how many hours, but it was significant because all of these people had to pass over. And then they were given the signal to walk out. The first step takes faith. The first step of the priests. They were the leaders. Joshua said, go ahead, take that first step, and then God will do the rest. It says, those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. So they went to Jericho. It says, the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground. It wasn't just the water. It wasn't just the flood. It was everything. It says, until all the people were passed clean over. There are many lessons of faith that we can learn. There are many things that we can do better in faith if we're honest with ourselves at least speaking for myself. We saw the effect of how God exalted Joshua, how God exalted his people, and how God worked. In chapter 5, verse 1, it says, And it came to pass when all the kings of the Amorites, which were on the side of Jordan westward, and all the kings of the Canaanites, which were by the sea, heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of Jordan from before the children of Israel until we were passed over, that their hearts melted. Neither was their spirit in them anymore because of the children of Israel. They had seen, they had heard this before. They had heard about this God before. They had heard about these miracles before. We read them. You and I know these things. So where is our faith tonight? What have we learned tonight from this scripture? Faith means a lot of things. Faith encompasses a lot of things. But without faith, we will be lost Because you and I have not been here before. This day is new to us. Tomorrow will be new to us if it's given by God. But God has been here before. God is 
ahead of us. The ark is ahead of us. God is walking ahead of us. We need faith in him. We need to exercise that faith. We need to grow that faith. We need to build that faith. Because the thing about faith is when tragedy strikes, when faith is required the most, we're not going to get notice. We're not going to get notice and say, in 30 or 60 days, you better be ready because this is coming. Jesus, in the Gospels, told us precisely when the end will be. He says, when we don't expect it. We need to expect it. We can't be like those five foolish virgins. We can't be faithless. We can't be low on faith. We need to be close to God and say to God, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. My friend, I would strongly urge you not to gamble with your soul. That's what you're doing. You're not gambling with money, with time. You're gambling with your living soul. These bodies will stay here, but our souls will go on to either of two places, eternity with God or eternity in a place that is indescribable. I don't even want to go there as far as trying to describe it. I'm not trying to scare anyone. But my friends, if you're close to salvation, if you're far away from salvation, if you haven't thought about salvation and you're hearing this, I plead and beg with you that you would realize that you're gambling with your soul. Come to God, and he will come to you. For us that are Christians, for us that have believed, for us that have faith, I pray that we would, more than ever before, the times that we find ourselves in are getting more precarious. We look at the world situation. We look at finances. We look at countries. We look at debt. We look at politics. We look at all the things that we can spend 24 hours watching on television and news. But we need to trust God. We need to pray more. We need to read this word more. We need to build and exercise that faith. Building faith is one thing. We need to grow in faith. But we need to exercise. Peter exercised his faith. And he stepped out into the water. To go walk to Jesus. And we know the sad story, don't we? 
It started so promising. It started so good. It started so miraculously that he would walk out and start walking on the water. That's what we need to do in faith and to keep looking at God, to keep looking into this word, to keep focusing not on these things that are around us, not on the noise of this world, the distractions of this world, not the television that tells us every report and our phones that tell us every report. We need to remove ourselves from that. We need to come to this word. We need to come to God. We need to let God work in us so that we would have the faith to step out of the boat onto the water. So that we would have the faith when God says, go, that we'd get up and go. Even if he hasn't showed us the whole way, like Abraham. Abraham went. God says, go to the place I'm going to show you. You know, we know about heaven. We know a lot of things about heaven. But we need to go there and God will show it to us. Let's walk in faith. Let's not merely be people that that want to go to church and that's a good thing. I've been so happy to hear that as I call people and talk to people in our congregation and others. How much they miss assembling together and getting together. But ultimately, that's to worship God and to build each other up so that we would individually and collectively go when God tells us to go. And we would do what God tells us to do. So often, things are not done. So often, people don't go. In faith, brother and sister, when God asks you, I plead with you, as he has pleaded with me, to go and do what we need to do, to say what we need to say, to be the lights in this world that is getting darker and darker. And we don't know what the world will look like in a month or two or three or when we'll have these benches full again. But that doesn't matter because if I'm with my God and my God is with me and he's leading me as he led these people, It doesn't matter to me if I haven't been there before. It doesn't matter where I'm going. I'm going with God. He has promised that he's coming again, brother and sister. He's promised. And we need to be ready. Let's live like Christians in faith as the Lord intends for us to do.